Welcome to Najra Reviews. This is Brian, your host, and today we're going to talk about Sleepwalkers, another Stephen King story. This wasn't my original plan. My original plan was The Hitcher, but I couldn't find it in the two seconds I was looking, and I found one of my old box sets. Now tell me if you think this is weird. So, in with Sleepwalkers was Wolf, which is a Michelle Pfeiffer, Jack Nicholson werewolf thing, which if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it. It's pretty good. And Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with Robert De Niro and Helena Bonham Carter. Why the fuck was Sleepwalkers with those two relatively normal movies? Also, if you haven't seen Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, you should watch it. It's long, but it's gotta be long because it's seriously adapting the source material, probably. So no neck bolts and flat tops. Just a guy sewn together from other guys. How it should be. Unless you're watching Young Frankenstein. That was hell of a tangent. Anyway, why the fuck was Sleepwalkers in that pack? I mean, I'm glad it was because it's three movies that I like, all rolled up into one for like 20 bucks back in the day. But it's a Stephen King story. It's not attached to a book, as far as I'm aware. He just wrote a movie that has so many fucking people in it that we're not going to do a actor's thing in the beginning because I don't want to try to figure out how to say all those names. And I will just point them out as we get to them as I know people from stuff because I feel like being lazy this week, I guess. Anyway... Sleepwalkers. This movie is about a supernatural creature called Sleepwalkers. I'm going to explain a little bit about Sleepwalkers because why not? So my biggest gripe with their whole entire life, like the creature, is why do they... uh, I don't know if I want to spoil what happens yet. Just know that these creatures are afraid of cats, but sometimes they resemble cats And that confuses me in a movie that has so much weird, creepy shit in it. Well, to a normal person, but I'm not normal. So I've seen at least two reviews online of this movie in my life, and they complain about the weirdest stuff, in my opinion. Granted, it is really weird what they're critiquing, but we're not following a human, are we? We're following a sleepwalker. So it's, is it really worth pointing out the way that it is? Anyway, we'll get to that in the overview. So we're following Charles, who is a quote-unquote young sleepwalker. They live for a really long time. Think of them like werecats with extra shit added onto it. So it's about a mom and a son sleepwalker moving from place to place. This is just one of the places they move to, trying to survive. The only problem is they go to populated areas. I mean, it takes place in a small town with no city, but I would go even smaller of a town if I was them if my main source of sustenance was virgin girls. I don't know if boys matter because Charles is a boy and he's a straight boy because in 92 you weren't allowed to be anything else. So let's just get into this spoiler part review thing because I'm sick of beating around the bush when it comes to the stuff that happens in this movie. So, we start off with our first scene in Bodega Bay, California. And a bunch of cops and spectators. One of the spectators is in stuff, but I can't... Oh, in uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Freddy Goes to Hell, the stupid one where he, he jumps bodies. The lady that runs the diner in that movie is a bystander in this scene. But... She's not important compared to fucking Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker's in this movie. He plays a cop that's investigating all of these hanging and uh, some of them are like ripped in half. Kitty cats hanging from the house and trees and stuff. Yeah, sorry cat people. Lots of kitty cat death in this movie. So they go in and they hear a sound and they go check on the sound and it's just a cat that didn't get murderized. But there's also a skeleton pops out and screams 
I don't know why it needed to scream, but we find out that there's a rose in this dead child's hair. And then it cuts to the credits. Bye-bye, Luke Skywalker. Good cameo. So during the credits, we get depictions of cats from Egyptian times to kind of like a folklore storybook that depicts some things about sleepwalkers. From these pictures, we learn that A, they don't like cats. B, they have to do an energy transfer of some description. And C, if too many cats attack them, they burst into flames. There's probably more in the picture book, but that's all I can remember off the top of my head right now. So now we're in some town in Indiana. Bodega Bay was easier to remember because it's a reference in another movie. <laughs> so we see this guy Charles carving a T into his arm like a fucking not creepy fucker. And it's a T for Tanya. Tanya is the girl that he's creepy over. I get obsessing over a girl, but not to the point where you carved their initial into your arm. Then we see there's cat trap out the mom mary fucking hates cats like she's more afraid of them than charles is throughout the whole movie but they have like bear traps out for the cats <laughs> mom's upset about the cats so charles starts dancing with her because charles loves to dance to this one song that i could sing to but i don't know the name of it it's old remember these things aren't the age they appear to be but the mom is jealous of her son going out to the movies by herself but it's to flirt with tina tina tanya so starts dancing with her mom to calm her down and then this is one of the things that people keep bringing up they go up they start kissing in a way that Pornhub would like right now but normal people wouldn't and then he sweeps her off her feet and takes her upstairs into the bedroom and then it just pans out and you can see a purple glow from the window so we got some mommy son sexy times in this movie this isn't the only time pretty much every time they're together alone it's creepy because they're always making out now there's a reason they're making out I don't understand why they have to fuck but they do but I don't see as big of a problem with this as everybody else does and the only reason is because they're not people they never were people they were born these things it's a different race of creature it's what they do so be freaked out about that if you want i'm not especially later when you get to see their true forms doing it spoiler so he's at the movie theater and he successfully flirts with tanya she works behind the counter and she's cleaning up and she's dancing with headphones and it's a really long shot of her dancing with headphones and then he startles her and she does something that I would do in that situation and she's just like, this is really embarrassing. Yeah, I point out that obviousness in real life. I just did it last week. It's all good. So after that interaction, we learn that the cats are getting more bold because he comes home and there's a cop there that caught a cat and the mom is freaked out. But they get into the house and the mom starts grilling him on the girl because she needs to be pure. And the mom is starving and it's making her hangry as fuck. So then we cut to school. Okay, don't forget the part where they probably made out in that scene. Just saying. Oh, I forgot to tell you where the mom's from. God, I'm dumb. She is in she's christabella from silent hill the first movie you know that pointless character that didn't need to be in the movie because she wasn't in the books even though they had the character that plays her character in the movie yeah she's there and she's also the other pointless character that literally does nothing except talk for like one scene which doesn't help at all and that's in stay alive where they're playing an online game but if you die in the game you die for real and it's based on the blood countess elizabeth bathory if you don't know about elizabeth bathory I think they did a Time Suck episode on it. Check it out. He's funny. But anyway, back to what I do here. So we go to English class. And Tanya and Charles have the same English class. The teacher is 
a guy I should know the name of, but I don't. He is in uh, Beetlejuice. He is the chubby eccentric guy that gets a hold of the book. He's also in Demolition Man, where he's the chubby eccentric guy that follows the orders of the main bad guy. And I'm sure he's in tons of other shit, but I just watched Beetlejuice, and I want to watch Demolition Man again. So that's why those are the top ones in my brain. So he tells a story. He basically tells his story, but changes the names around. And Tanya likes it because she feels like she's alone too. The teacher's a dickhead. There's a reason to call him a dick, but he just is. But Charles makes him sound stupid in class, so now he's got it out for Charles. Tanya's friends give her shit for not fucking him last night. And uh, he gives her a ride home. And there's some 100% TV wholesome flirting that happens in this scene. And the only reason I point it out now is because it made me smile. Off to Tanya's house, in her room, this is a comedic scene where, dude, I don't know anything about high school girls or any girls when it comes to what they're fucking how their room looks like when people aren't around but she has bras bras i get and underwear everywhere like on your bedpost is fine but they're like on her dresser over there over here and it's pretty funny how she's freaking out trying to hide them all while he's talking about shit in her room it's pretty funny so tanya's mom finally shows up at the house and she is in things like deep star six and ferris bueller's day out and she is definitely a mom giving some people a semi in the son-in-law she's also a mom in that one she's a mom in all nope not in deep star six she's just the medical officer deep star six is pretty fun we might do that on here at some point so charles charms the shit out of her her Tanya's mom does uh, headstone rubbings where you take, you know, charcoal to get the image or whatever. And she's, he's like, yeah, I like grave rubbing. And then she grills him on it to try to see if he knows what the fuck he's talking about. He does. So he successfully charms her. So Charles is off on the drive. The teacher pulls him over and starts to blackmail him for sex. Because why the fuck not? So instead of getting blackmailed, Charles just rips his hand off. And he's, there's some pretty terrible one-liners in this movie. And this one's pretty funny. Because he's like, You're right, Mr. Whatever-the-fuck-his-name-is. You should keep your hands to yourself. Here's yours. And hands his hand back to him. So then the teacher's running through the woods and uh, slams his face into a tree and falls down. And Charles eats him in the dumbest-looking way possible. He just kind of, like, sticks his face down by dude's neck and just moves his head back and forth. And they put sound effects in. It's fucking terrible. By the way, his face changes to be more uh, kitty cat-like in this scene after he rips the hand off. Then we go to the cop Simpson and Clovis. Charles speeds past him, so it's a it's a really long car chase where Charles almost kills a kid in the middle of the road getting off a school bus. The cop pulls up right beside him and is taunting him, but then Clovis, who's a kitty cat by the way, notices that there's a fucking creepy sleepwalker being a dick, so he meows at or hisses at him or whatever, and then his face changes between his face, a baby's face, and different levels of transformation. And the cop's like, what the fuck? So Charles is like, oh, he's got a kitty cat, my one and only weakness, and fucking just peels out ahead, finds a place, turns the car invisible, because he fucking can, and Clovis can still see him, and he knows it, and he is pissed off. The cop finally leaves, and uh, as he drives away and comes back visible, he's in a nice new red Mustang instead of a blue Trans Am. I'd say it's a downgrade, my mom would disagree. We're at the sheriff's station now. Nobody believes him about the face thing. And that Clovis didn't like him. Fair enough. He says his face changed and, like, wasn't there. Now we get a scene where, uh, Mom's real hangry. 
And she's beating the shit out of him for not getting the sweet, sweet life juice until she noticed that he's got a cut on his hand from when the the teacher slammed his hand in the door when he was trying to blackmail him. And then she gets afraid, or she doesn't get afraid, she stops beating him, and she's remorseful a little bit. And he's afraid that they are the last two, and that he's not going to do his job properly, and she's going to starve. And she's like, I can feel them, there is more. It's sad for them. But to cheer each other up, they uh, decide to go have sex again, and this time we get to see it. Because in the mirror, you get to see what they really look like. Kind of like the opposite of a vampire. And uh, it's two cat people laying on each other, moving parts. Just saying. It's not gross or creepy at all. Don't judge me. But in the morning time, Charles is having second thoughts about Tanya. Kinda maybe? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, this plot point goes nowhere. It's stupid. Then Tanya rolls up for their date to go to a graveyard to do those rubbings. And she does photography, so that's why she's going. Then the mom is real creepy towards her and gives her a rose to put in her in her hair. Sound familiar? So we're at the graveyard. It's going well. They're flirting. They're doing some rubbings. Wink, wink. They make that joke, not me. Uh, until he starts to suck the life force out of her, which it's like literally the only turn from, I don't know if I want to do it with her. Can we pick somebody else? To, yeah, I'm going to suck that bitch's life force out, is she says, I want this. As in sex with you, not as in suck my life force out. And then he just totally, that just turns off his remorseful switch. And he's just like, I'm murdering now. No big deal. We're going to keep murdering and murdering. But before, before that happens, she takes his pictures like a fucking 500 times. And the car turns back into the original car it was. We go to the fucking cop in Clovis singing. And the song is great. Talking about peckers in your hand and balls in your hand and shit. It's great. It's a good song. We get to hear the end of the song later. It's a I, it's a fun song. It at least is going to make your ears perk up and be like, did he just say pecker? Did he mean dick? He definitely meant pecker and dick. It's one of those kind of things. So before he rolls up on the graveyard, Tanya's getting her life force sucked out. It's that purple glow. And that's how they transfer the energy. Like he would eat her and then feed like half of her life essence to her mom, to his mom. That's their like thing that they do. So she gets a hold of her camera and beats him over the head with it. He acts dead and he's not so then he gets real sadistic about it and then she pokes him in the eye with a corkscrew and he's like mildly perturbed by the fact that his eyeball got poked out he's more upset that his mom's going to be upset with him that his clothes got blood on it than his eyeball got poked out and you know makes sense because as soon as he eats this chick he's gonna heal all the way back to normal so makes sense cop sees the car tries to help and uh, he gets surprised and stabbed in the ear with a pencil and another dumb one-liner he just looks at her and goes cop kebab it's really fucking stupid (laughs) but he gets uh gets one shot off shoots charles off of her and uh charles doesn't really give a shit he walks up to him takes the gun and shoots him to death clovis comes in with the save though and just jumps on his face and burns he's there's smoke coming off of his face because of the burning cat scratch fever is their like number one weakness they're actually allergic to it unlike the dumbass in mimic three sentinel who said he was allergic but could get stabbed and it didn't bother him i fucking hate that movie so he just speeds off tanya calls on the cops radio for help clovis is sad sits on top of simpson's body it's kind of sad. Now we're at Charles's house. He says his face is bur- burning. His mom's trying to help as she's crying and freaking out. Charles is in pretty bad shape. He can't even go invisible. They call it dimming because it's a Stephen King thing. And that's, that's a word for a thing. Which apparently is the most least taxful thing you can do by the way that she reacts to him not being able to do that. So he's in bad shape. So then we get this scene... 
that has Stephen King. He owns the graveyard, and the cops are there, and everybody's doing their thing. And he's trying to talk to anybody about how this isn't his fault. He's not going to get charged for this because he locks the door. And there's a bunch of uh, writers and directors in this movie, and some of them are in this scene, and some of them are in a later scene, but they all play lab techs of some description. So we have Toby Hooper from Texas Chainsaw and Body Bags fame. We got John Landis, who is somebody that I should know, but I don't. Joe Dante, who did The Howling from like so many episodes ago, and Gremlins. And then we got Clive Barker in this motherfucker. The <laughs> I know what Clive Barker looks like from one headshot that everybody uses when they talk about Clive Barker. He's real young in this, and it, I didn't even even notice but it's funny because mary the mom says sweets to the sweet i always say and when i watch it the last time i've never caught it before but the last time i'm like why the fuck did stephen king put a straight up candy man uh line in his movie like usually when he does that it's because it's on a show it's or somebody's obsessed with something so they repeat it and then it's like oh yeah clive barker's in this fucking movie that's why i don't think they made any pinhead jokes this is a pretty funny scene because you see stephen king just walking up to these like directors and writers and stuff and they're like this is not my fault and then they're finally like you're gonna have to talk to the sheriff about it and he gets right up to the sheriff and the sheriff's like not now so it was just so stephen king could talk i approve it's a fun cameo in a movie that's not that serious with a bunch of serious shit going on so the sheriff is questioning tanya and they don't believe her because he talks about him not being human and the face changing and the fucking car changing and as she's getting accident pictures of the bruising on her face from getting her soul sucked oh she got punched in the face too forgot to mention that and as he's she's getting these pictures taken she's like dude develop the film in my camera that'll prove something hopefully and she also wants clovis because clovis saved her life back at the sleepwalker ranch we have charles getting way worse mom's super upset cops are coming so she makes the car invisible and she makes them invisible cops break in soames pops in he's a state cop played by ron perlman of all people and you can guess that he's a fucking total dick because it's ron perlman but why the fuck is he in this movie why i don't care it's great because sheriff ira's in there too and he's given ron perlman shit one of the cat traps gets one of the cops outside so that causes a kerfluffle and then the sheriff is walking around and he feels a cold draft when he walks by the couch where they are invisible and he's like what about the cats and soames is like dude you had a feeling and there's cats outside get the fuck over it i'm gonna say some creepy shit about this little girl and we're gonna go to the next scene which is tanya's house and the dumb cop that i didn't even introduce yet because he was only like shown twice in this movie his name's horror he's really stupid he acts stupid he looks dumb sorry actor but what you're doing with your mouth makes you look real dumb he's on watch at the house the parents are worried Ovs, like to the point where they're like almost dropping shit while they're trying to do normal shit i get it when you think that your daughter got raped but you know she got assaulted she's in the bath just just needs to get clean and i totally understand that sentiment also ptsd ptsd as well because while she's in the bathtub she she hallucinates charles in monster form the monster form she saw uh get her try to get her so we're back to the sleepwalker ranch and she leaves the house invisible the door just opens and closes and the cops are like what the fuck's going on and the cats are like some shit's going down and they get their heads slammed together to death then the doorbell rings at tanya's house they think it's soames because she stole the state cop's car dad gets the door but 
that, uh, you know who it is. It's Mary. And she has a vase full of roses because symbolism and just smash that shit over his head. He's dead. And then the mom comes in and Mary's like, my son's gonna die and it's your daughter's fault. And she's like, I hope he dies because... To get your son to live, he has to kill my daughter. So fuck you. And then she gets thrown through a window. She doesn't die, though. And then the dumb cop can't shoot for shit. He gets, like, pushed away. And he tries to shoot at her. And none of them hit. He gets he gets to the phone, even though he should have a radio on him, and calls the sheriff's department. But that gets cut off because she stabs him in the spine with a corn cob. The same corn cob he just ate. Which, A, pretty impossible, probably. But B, pretty hilarious. And she just knocks... Tanya the fuck out. They develop... Where do they develop the film? Right now. They develop the film and they see his face is distorted. It's not like full-on kitty cat, but it's distorted. And then they get that phone call. And we see the cats mobilized. They all go to the ranch. Oh, the sh- in this scene when they're doing the, the development, there's some of those names I said earlier of directors. One of them's there. It's either John Landis or Toby Hooper. But they look so similar that I couldn't pick them out from the little looking I did. It's one of those two. Don't worry about it. But Soames pulls up, sticks his hand in her in Mary's mouth, and Mary bites her his fingers off. And he yells with the biggest mouth that could ever be, because it just sticks out because it's Ron Perlman's face. And then he gets his arm twisted until the bone pops out, and then she knocks him out with his own arm and gets the gun. Apparently cat people magic makes bullets explode because she shoots Soames' car, it fucking explodes. She shoots the other car, it blows up, and it kills one cop instantly and lights one on fire. But the cats, they drive off to the house and the cats are all over the yard. It's like 20 cats. Lots of kitty cats. So she just drives the fucking car through the house so she doesn't have to walk through all the cats. And as she gets in, one of the cats get in and she insta-kills it. It jumps for her, she grabs it by the neck, breaks its neck, throws it to the ground like it it's nothing. Charles is pretty fucking dead. He's getting more monstrous and bloody as he dies. And he's not breathing. She's like, he's sleeping. Tanya's like, he's fucking dead. So instead of him being dead for this scene, we're gonna have the mom puppet his body to dance with Tanya. Then the shop, with the shop. Then the sheriff rolls up. Clovis shows up somehow and uh, does some ninja shit by jumping up a tree and then busting through a window. Because Clovis is baller. And then Charles transforms into his mirror form, their true form, which is like a cat with no hair. It's like a hairless cat. Damn sphinxes. His last gasp of life is to try to eat Tanya's soul. But Tanya's like, how about I stab your other eye out real quick and you just die on the floor for me. And he's like, yeah, all right. Uh, the mom tries to kill her during these acts of desperation. And Clovis jumps on her back and the sheriff shoots his way in. More cats attack. She kills one right in front of him. And uh, the sheriff, there's a cat on her back that's not Clovis. It's important to know that it's not Clovis because Clovis got thrown away earlier. Uh, shotguns her in the chest and the stomach, which does nothing to her, just pisses her off. But it does make the cat on her back literally fly across the room, which is horrific and mean, but also hilarious because of the sound effect. And it just goes flying. It's like, gone. Kind of like in Boondock Saints when they hit the table and it makes the gun go off. It's like funnier than that just because of it's more ridiculous. I have two cats. Don't judge me. It's fake. Wasn't a real cat. Get over it. Now they're outside. Tanya gets into the cop car and the sheriff gets thrown into the yard by a cat person and his hand gets snapped on a trap and Mary breaks through the window of the cop car but the sheriff throws that trap on her head and pulls her back but they're superhuman strength so he gets overpowered and fence posted to death. But the cats clean up. All the cats jump on her and she bursts into flames. Then Tanya and Clovis are like I guess it's only us. 
us, even though my mom didn't die. And all the cats move out because their job is done. And then we get some ominous, sad, remorseful music, a bunch of different adjectives that I don't know the full meaning to, music to play us out into the credits. This isn't one of those movies where I can just say, hey, go watch it. Not gonna lie. There's, It's definitely weird, for sure, and it's either good or bad, depending on you. So it's two of those three things. It's not all three. But you get to decide whether it's good or bad. I'd say that it's uh, a bad movie that is amazing. And if you don't mind kitty cat death and kitty cat people incest, it might be worth watching. I'm a sucker for Stephen King, as if you couldn't tell. This is like, what, the third or fourth Stephen King story that I've done on this podcast? So if you like Stephen King, you're going to find something in here you like. Especially if you like Stephen King 90s movies, you're going to find something. It's not trying to be super serious, but it has super serious undertones. That's all there really is to it. If I can find the hitcher between when I'm done recording this and the beginning of the week, we're going to do the hitcher next. And if I can't, I'm sure I can find some weird, stupid movie I have laying around the house. Maybe we'll do one that's not a horror movie next week. I don't know. If I can't find the hitcher, we're going to do Solo. Hitcher's a horror movie. Solo is not. But it's sci-fi. So it's close enough. I will post on my dumb socials which one I pick soon. Anyway, I hope you had a great week and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.